0: Stacey Muse, I'm here with the RRS podcast, interviewing Jai. So, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, so, I'm Jai Smith. I'm a PhD student from uh, Melbourne at the Peter MacCallum Cancer Centre. Um, so, yeah, I'm down there under Roger Martin in the Radiation Biology Lab. Very cool. Very cool. So, what kind of research do you do there? Um, so, yeah, so we're in um, radio protector. Uh, so, pharmaceutical protection of normal tissue is our our main area. So, we're pre-clinical drug development at the moment. Um, So our main goal is to develop uh, a small molecule, chemical radio protector for use um, primarily, um, ideally in head and neck radiotherapy, for example, um, normal tissue protection during cancer radiotherapy.
0: Cool, so why why head and neck
1: in particular? Okay, so head and neck, um, it's an area where radiotherapy is used um, quite extensively. Uh, but there is uh, some really sensitive, radiosensitive tissues, so mainly the oral mucositis um, is yeah, very susceptible to radiation damage, and that's one of the one of the complicating factors of that therapy. So, at the moment, um, yeah, oral mucositis will limit the often limit the um, the amount of radiation that they can give, or it will be responsible for treatment interruptions. So. Um, and, as I'm sure you know, with radiotherapy, any interruptions to the treatment can have a really detrimental effect on the on the success of the treatment. Um, so yeah, if we can do anything to minimize those side effects we can we can improve the treatment um, and also it's just a um, some very yeah big quality of life issues the The kind of ulceration that comes from head and neck radiotherapy can be really um, painful and uncomfortable for the patients, so mm-hmm. that's an important thing to.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds like really important work. So can you tell me a bit more specifically about your project with it? Yeah, so
1: that's the, that's the board project. So um, we've been in a, a, a long-running drug development, so we've got a lot of our own compounds. Um, and what we found um, a few years ago um, in a previous project of mine was that when we combine our DNA-binding antioxidants, they're called, our, our particular brand of um, radio protector, with the aminothiol radical scavengers, so the Amy and the classical radio protectors oh, okay. um, that have been around for um, yeah, decades now, um, we actually get additive radio protection when we put those two together. So, um, which is quite an amazing outcome. We're seeing really high levels of radio protection. Um, at first, we saw that um, in tissue culture. So that was before my project, uh, and then my project was to. Uh, see if that phenomenon of the the combination radio protection translates into a um, in vivo animal model Um, and then also I've taken that a bit further and we're now looking at whether or not we protect from um, radiation mutagenesis um, which is another really important endpoint for um, for radio protection Um, anytime you can increase the survival of cells you want to make sure that they're that they're still healthy, viable cells, <laughs> yeah, and then you're not, not you know, increasing the, no. the, um, yeah, mutagenic cool. changes.
0: Hmm. All right. So that sounds like some pretty positive outcomes so far. Um, what are the next steps?
1: Um, yep. So for my project, um, I'm actually at the very end, so I'm writing up. So uh, congratulations. Uh, that, that'll be the, that'll be closing up for my PhD. But yeah, there's definitely the next step for the for the compound is to uh, advance towards clinical trials, mm-hmm. um, which is something we're, we're in the process of doing. Um, but also uh, the mutagenesis work is really promising, we see a really big reduction um, both for the drugs on their own and for the combination. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to take that a bit further into some other models and to test um, some of our other analogues and um, just you know ensure that that's a really robust result. So far I've, I've done a lot of work with one, one compound. Mm-hmm. Um, but because this is a fairly untested, um, it's a, a very novel compound, um, and we've got a series. It would be nice to, to be able to generalize to the to the entire um, or to the broader category of, of radio protector instead of to my specific one. So it'd be good to, to reproduce some of this with some alternative compounds. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's cool. Awesome. So this seems like a really interesting area of research. But how did you actually get into it?
1: Um, that's a very good question. Um, I think like um, a lot of people in radiation, there's, there's so many different routes to come towards it. Um, unfortunately, Australia doesn't have uh, an undergrad radiation biology course at the moment that I'm aware of. Um, definitely not in the unis I was going. Mm-hmm. So um, I come in through uh, biochemistry, chemistry as an undergrad. Um, I did that at Swinburne University, and we had a really good program there where undergrads can go and work in a lab for a year, um, which is, yeah, the IBL industry-based learning program, um, which was a really positive program. So that put me in um, Professor Martin's laboratory for a year, and then I just got a got a taste for the radiation science, I think, from that. I found it really, really fascinating, and it was, um, it was a really nice way of combining a few different areas of science. and you know, using a little bit of my chemistry knowledge um, and learning some biology and, you know, getting hands on some animal models. And um, yeah, it's just such a broad field. You, you never get bored with <laughs> with radiation, right. I That's
0: yeah. very cool. Can you tell me a bit more about that IBL program? It sounds like it'd be really good for a lot of different people.
1: Yeah, look, it's a great, great program. Um, so it's basically a, a paid, um, Research assistant role after two years of your undergrad, yeah. um, so before your third year. So you're still really junior when you go into it, and um, a lot of it depends on who your supervisor is. I think that the unis try and um, encourage really inclusive, supportive supervisors that are that are going to kind of foster young scientists and, and just give people a taste of a laboratory life and. Um, yeah, it was great, so I did that for a full year, and it's not paid very well, but it's paid. So <laughs> Enough can, that you don't have to have yeah. another job? Yeah, exactly, okay. so you can,
0: you can very cool.
1: focus on, on your work for a full year, and then you go back to university for your last year, having already worked for a year, which is an amazing help, you know, when you go back to, you know, the idea of doing a, a six-hour lab in second year is a little bit daunting, and then after <laughs> working in the lab eight days, oh, five days a week, yeah. the idea of a six-hour lab's kind of you know, it's so not enough time do. to get things done. You're kind of like, <laughs> I could do more. Yeah. yeah um, cool. So yeah, that was that's a great program. Cool. And then it seems like a lot of people will, will keep contacts and, you know, keep working part-time throughout mm-hmm. the rest of their undergrad. And,
0: Ooh, yeah, that sounds yeah. very cool. So it's
1: not super common in Australia. It's um, that one university's really embraced it. And there's a couple of others that have smaller three-month placement kind of yeah. programs, but yeah.
0: Hopefully there's similar programs around the world as well. But. Hopefully, look,
1: I'd, I'd really, I'd endorse <laughs> it. I, which would be really it's helpful. I mean, it seems to
0: be working out very well for you.
1: Yes, yeah, it really has, and I think it's a great way for um, for labs that don't have that direct undergrad connection, or like, because I'm at, point, a, yeah. we're at a hospital, so we're affiliated with Melbourne Uni, but the mm-hmm. Peter McCullum Cancer Centre is separate to the, to the Uni, and there's no teaching roles within the university, like okay. from the hospital to the university, so okay. it's a really good way for, for PIs to, have access to students that sometimes they wouldn't if they're not teaching directly. Good so point, point. that's yeah. you know, just another route to get people into science and yeah. Yeah, involved.
0: Very cool. So um, you said you're just wrapping up your PhD now, and I know you're not really supposed to ask, but any idea what your next steps might be?
1: That also is a, is a great question. Um, <laughs> so I'm actively looking for postdoc opportunities yep. at the moment. Um, I'd like to stay in the in the broad research, radiation research field, um, but I'm fairly open as to, as to where I think. Um, Radioprotectors has been a fascinating field and I'd, I'd be definitely open to, to advancing that in some other aspect, but then, yeah, I've had a, a lot of fun going from kind of the more hands-on animal models into a bit more of the molecular biology stuff with mutagenesis, so it's kind of, yeah, it's nice to, to keep you keep your options open Very and cool. yeah, keep so, exploring.
0: So you'd probably be sticking around like academia research? Would you ever consider getting into industry or government or any of those other options that PhDs seem to have?
1: Yeah, look, um, I wouldn't discount any of those um, immediately. I think I, I really enjoy the academic environment. I, I think that's, that's something really fantastic about that. But um, we've been lucky enough to, to have a, um, drug company sponsoring a oh, well, yeah. licensing deal mm-hmm. um, so that's also been a great opportunity to you know attend some meetings with you know bet- that combination between academic and industry and I think that's something that's really important I think it's something that um, Australia's um, it's trying to embrace that mm-hmm. you know getting the the industry and the and the academic world together but um, I think there's still a lot of work we can do there to to really, you know, take advantage of that. Um, so yeah, potentially some role in in the, the overlap between industry and and research could be really really cool. fascinating too.
0: So um, any advice that you think you could pass on to others based on your experience so far, like what you've liked or disliked about, for example, working with industry or just doing a PhD in general? So I mean, for people like myself, for example, considering doing PhDs. Anything you'd like to?
1: Yeah, look. Um, oh, gee, where to start? There's, there's so <laughs> <Keep> much. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, I think if you can find a project that you that you enjoy and find a supervisor that you can that you get along with and that's supportive and, and knowledgeable in your area, um, I'd recommend a PhD to anyone. I think it was <laughs> it's fantastic, um, and I think the skills you learn. Um, throughout, it are, are great. I think often some of the skills you learn at the end you wish you'd learned at the beginning. So that's that's I guess that's the advice where yeah. um, kind of being more proactive and actually thinking how it's all going to come together at the end. It's so easy, especially when you're when you're early in your PhD, just to want to do experiment after experiment after experiment, just read right um, into it. Yeah and, yeah, and generate a heap of data. But then it's not until you kind of take a breath and go all right let's go back and <laughs> look at this data that you kind of realize you know i probably could have been more efficient and i could have you know organized that in such a way that you know you've you realize you you had the answer after four experiments but you did six because you were you know like it was important to generate that data and so just yeah like i guess i think if i was to do it over i'd probably Have maintained my enthusiasm, but also kind of take a a little bit more of a a, just keep the considered approach, and you know, um, easier said than done. Ah, (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. There's always things we'd like to change. Something that really comes with experience, and you know,
0: I mean, really, that's what PhD is about, right? Exactly. It's learning how to
1: be a researcher. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Any last thoughts or anything before we wrap up?
1: Um, No, I think that's uh, that's great. Um, I think. We've, uh, so yeah, we've just moved into a brand new building down in Peter Mac Ooh, in nice. Melbourne. Um, it's a, an amazing city. I'll put a little plug into Melbourne. We're um, very proud of our new um, cancer centre, our new hospital research, and we've got some really good collaborations with different groups. And um, we're a long way away from from most of the people at this conference from the states and Europe, but um, we're definitely always looking for collaborations and you know chances to, to exchange ideas. So. We should
0: Come on down to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Come and check it out. That's awesome, great. Thank awesome. you so much. Oh, thank you.